A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Greetings everyone and welcome to Main Menu for the 12th of May 2017. I'm your co-host Jason Castanguay. NVDA Con 2017 is rapidly approaching. So we have guests Derek Reamer and James Tay to talk all about it. They answer questions, give us some background on NVDA, and detail the goings-on scheduled to take place at the event. Next, one of our favorite digital assistants has come out with some new features and new iterations. Randy and I get together to explain it further and give you some demonstrations. Happy listening. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello main menu listeners. This is Jason Castingway, your co-host, and with me we have two guests who are going to talk to us about NVDA Con 2017, Derek Reamer and James Tay. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being with us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having us. Also <laughs> with me, we have Janine Stanley and Randy Rusnak. Hello. Hello, everybody. I guess before we should talk about NVDA and really, uh, basically, for those of you who don't know, uh, what is NVDA, guys, and uh, how long has it been around? And I got to tell you, I've been using NVDA forever, so uh, let's talk about that. So NVDA was created in 2006. It's a free screen reader for Windows, and it's also open source. So where are we at? Actually, we're over 11 years now that it's been in existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, essentially it's it's like other screen readers that people would be aware of, such as JAWS and WindowWise, but it's obviously a lot cheaper in that it has a $0 price tag. Uh, it's being used all over the world now in over 150 countries, and by, we sort of estimate, somewhere between 80,000 to 100,000 users. Uh, so that's more or less NVDA. <laughs> Before we really get into the heart of the material, and uh, we'll let this go to uh, Derek, you can answer this one. What questions do you get asked most about NVDA? And the reason I'm asking, because I've got one right off the bat that people constantly ask me. So do you have one question that really stands out? I'm really not on the user-facing side of NVDA. I do a lot of the logistical planning for NVDAcon and issue triage. So I'm not on the users list much. I don't really get exposed to that anymore. Um, well, that's okay because at least we know what you do now. So, so mm-hmm. that's good. How about you, Jamie? What uh, what do you get asked oh, mostly? Goodness. I don't know if I could think of a single question. I think one of the big questions we used questions. to get asked was, uh, you know, can you use eloquence? <laughs> That was always a big question. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's um, the first thing that I did, actually. The, the answer now is yes, you yes. can. There you is can a Code Factory version <laughs> of Eloquence you can use. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I mean, we get asked all sorts of questions. Believe it or not, sometimes we get asked how much does it cost. But I couldn't think of one question that stands out as the most asked question. Here's, question like. the, here's the one that I get asked constantly. Maybe you can just let people know so that they can stop asking me, or I'll just forward everything over to you. <laughs> But the question that I get mostly is, JAWS has a JAWS cursor or a mouse cursor. So 
is there a cursor that acts in the same version, uh, same vein rather, uh, as NVDA? How do you use a mouse pointer on NVDA? Can you, and is it as accurate as JAWS? And how do you, how do, does so, one interact with it? There are actually two pieces to the JAWS cursor. And I mm -hmm. say this as, as someone that used JAWS before I used NVDA, uh, before we mm -hmm. created NVDA. Yep. The first is that it is primarily based on what's called screen scraping. Um, yep. So it's you know taking what so you'll notice that it doesn't work in a lot of really modern applications. Jaws, that um, is. Yeah, the well, the Jaws cursor, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which which draw text to the screen in a way that can't be you know quote scraped unquote, and so that's the first piece. It uses screen scraping. Now NVDA calls that screen review, and so we do support that. The second piece of the puzzle is the mouse cursor part of it. So when you use the Jaws cursor. Not only does it use it read the text that's been screen scraped, as I described it, but it also moves the mouse cursor as you go. Now, NVDA doesn't do that when you're in screen review, but you can choose to route the mouse at any given point and click the mouse cursor. NVDA also has another form of review called object navigation, which is sort of more like what you get on the Mac or an iPhone. And with that, too, you can also route the mouse cursor and click. Uh, we did think about doing sort of automatic you know, having an automatic mouse cursor following mode. But the problem with that is, and I'm actually surprised that people don't complain about this with JAWS or, or see the issue. If you move over a menu, for example, it'll just drop down straight away mm -hmm. because the mouse cursor's landed on it and that's how menus work. And so moving the mouse around automatically can actually have some unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. And no way are we trying to say that JAWS is less or greater than... No, no, uh, I'm just answering the, the question as to yeah, why we... Exactly, yep. Yeah, I just want to make it clear that we're we're not bashing any product. We're just yeah. saying how they how they are. Totally understood. So yep. so the NVDA, the two concepts are separate. Is essentially what I'm trying to yep. say. Mm -hmm. Yep. But they both exist. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks uh, I, for answering. I've gotten pretty good at object nav. I really like that. Oh yeah. It takes a while to Same get used here. to, but once you get used to it, you start working through things very fast. For example, there are certain web pages I use all the time where everything is organized in a bunch of lists, mm. and rather than Reading through all of the lists, you can just object navigation up and move over to the next one. Ah, nice. I haven't tried it on the web. I usually deal with it on, you know. Yeah, this apps. is a very weird use case for programming specific things. Mm -hmm. Python manuals, actually. Oh. I'm sure Jamie knows well, what I'm talking about. You can also use comma and shift comma to get around that problem, I suppose. Or you can use that comma and shift comma here, too. It just doesn't quite work as well. Hmm. So I have a question, gentlemen, about some of the newer applications that are coming around and some of the new pieces of web design and how they are using those rolling over with the mouse or positioning the mouse specifically on something to get a menu to drop down. I've been an NVDA user for a while now, and I am really finding great success with NVDA and on some of these websites and with particularly the Chrome browser, weirdly enough, that I had not found before. So can you talk about how you, you folks handle that kind of situation? It depends on the site, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is something that ARIA has to be able to handle specifically. Website authors have to do that, usually. Again, multiple pieces to the puzzle, I suppose. Yeah. The first is whether you know it's a menu, and that you can communicate with ARIA. And in fact, with ARIA, ideally, you would set things up such that the user doesn't have to, to roll a mouse over it. They could just you know press enter on a menu button, and it would bring up a menu. However, 
there are still a lot of sites that, that don't do that. And so mm-hmm. as far as NVDA is concerned, when you route the mouse to something, it just it moves the mouse over it like a sighted user would. Now, the real issue is where the web author logically chooses to render the stuff that appears. Sometimes they do it at the bottom of the document. Sometimes they do it at the top of the document. And sometimes they do it yep. in the place you would mm-hmm. expect, which is directly below what you're looking at. And so when you encounter one of those things and you route your mouse to it and nothing appears to happen, you kind of want to check in those three places because different web authors do it differently. Mm-hmm. Ideally, they would actually have proper focusable menus, but as we all know, the world is not always a beautiful place. Oh, and I have learned something new with that advice because I've got one yep. particular website that is coded such that you can move the mouse to that object till the end of time and the venue will never come up. <laughs> you know, f- possibilities for future enhancement. I mean, ideally, we'd have some way of detecting that case and sort of try to guide the user. But you've got to be careful with heuristics like that because obviously they can they can work against you too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Heuristics are a great thing until they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have been having amazing success with the MailChimp app on Chrome with NVDA. I was so frustrated with that particular setup. And for some reason, that combination just works. I finally figured out how to get it to work. Chrome is becoming a very good browser with NVDA. Um, In fact, Google has been working very hard to make Chrome a good browser. We've been we've been working pretty closely at MV Access with Google as well, and we are hey cool segue, pleased to announce that Google will actually be presenting at MVDAcon this year. Yeah, uh-huh. ooh. ooh, that's exciting. For those users who are in America, that will be on Friday afternoon slash evening, and you can find more info at nvdacon.org about oh. the timing, the exact timing and whatnot. Awesome. And so, are the sessions from NVDACon, are those uh, recorded and available afterward? They will, they will be. It may take us a couple weeks to get them up because we have to do recording and editing and make sure they're all there, make sure they're on the server, make sure they're linked. So there will be some logistical issues to deal with after the conference. So it may take a couple weeks to get everything up. Now, is anything being live streamed at all? We, the conference is live. We have not figured out any live streaming yet. If anyone is interested in live streaming the conference, please let us know, especially the keynote. So let's talk about the conference itself, NVDACon. Mm-hmm. How did this whole thing come about? And I mean, it's certainly, uh, many of us heard about it last year, at your 10th anniversary, but uh-huh. how did this all come about? And uh, you know, when did you start having these cons and uh, sort of mm-hmm. grow this idea to where you've now got Google as one of your presenters. So yeah, in 2014, actually, so three years ago, Joseph Lee, who's one of the presenters at NVDA Con, he started the conference because members of the community were asking, hey, we would like to have a way for NVDA users to chat with other NVDA users maybe once or twice a year and have a keynote or some sort of chat from the developers of NVDA to the users. We started that in March of 2014, and it went from there. Every half a year for a while, we started having more and more sessions, as wide-ranging as four developers, all the way to using NVDA if you're a JAWS user and stuff like that. And it just kept growing. And last year, we thought, well, we have this conference it's kind of informal at this point every half year. Let's make it a formal event 
And let's do a celebration for the 10th anniversary. So I think it was October of 2015, we got about seven people together and said, okay, what can we do to make NVDA shine for its 10th anniversary? And put together a conference for the 10th anniversary. From there, we had a keynote and it was actually a pretty amazing event, I thought. Um, yes. Had some testimonials and it was hard to do the keynote without going all emotional. Glad I didn't have to speak at that one because it would have been pretty difficult for me. Um, <laughs> some people actually described it as an apple type keynote you know it was and we did feel that way actually at points it was like whoa this is pretty impressive yeah. mm -hmm. i think we did mick and i have been have been swapping on the keynote role for a few years so we we've, we're sort of involved to some extent from the start but we've sort of gradually increased when i say we i mean nv access have sort of gradually increased our involvement throughout the years last year we we're a little bit more involved this year we're, we're trying to to be more involved still. So MV, uh, MV Access is doing the keynote, but also another session. Um, and we're also hosting the the website and the and the conference at the Team Talk server and things like that. So we sort of still think it's really important that it be a community-run and organized event. Um, but having said that, we, we want to try to support it you know, more as, as we're able. So what kind of sessions can we look forward to this year? So NVDA Con 2017, has pretty wide range of sessions. On the first day, the first session we have is an opening forum where users can chat with other users. I'm not gonna give exact times here. People can look at the website for those because that'll just confuse people since it's a worldwide event. The second event, a couple hours later, will be a session from Google talking about the Google Chrome browser and its new support for NVDA and how it will work with NVDA. That chat will probably also go into how to report bugs against Chrome as a user or developer. The next session will be from NV Access directly. It's primarily presented by the newest member of our team. His name is Reef Turner, and he's a developer that we hired last year to handle some of the increasing load that NVDA and the other projects that we handle have gained in the last little while. So he's going to be presenting on what we call non-code contributions. So ways that you can contribute. If you might, you know, you might have some technical expertise. You're not a coder, but you might have some technical expertise and are wondering how you can help out. And so we're talking about things like when people file issues, making sure that all the right kinds of information have been provided, doing a little bit of testing and saying, yeah, I can reproduce this problem or I can't, you know, are there other pieces of information or actually, yeah, I, I can get this to happen on Windows 7 as well. So just making sure that we have enough information on all of the issues uh, that we can prioritize them appropriately. So that's essentially what that session is about. And I will be there as well to, to answer questions. Okay. And that concludes day one of NVDACon. Well, I say day, but there's like three blocks of sessions with pretty decent sized gaps in between so that I can sleep mainly because... <laughs> I'll have to be present at all of them since the I'm The joys of handling multiple time zones. <laughs> <laughs> so then day two, I'll call it, of NVDA Con, is the Lightning Talks day. We'll start out with a Lightning Talk from Leonard from Babbage, the Netherlands, which is an assistive technology distributor in the Netherlands. 
and they distribute and sell assistive technology there. He is going to present on comparing NVDA to other screen readers objectively. So not just like, oh, I like NVDA because this. It'll be a talk about this is the situations where NVDA works and this is the situations where it doesn't work well. A lot of it will probably be discussing situations he's seen helping customers or training, doing training, uh, various situations where users struggle to get new concepts, stuff like that. These sessions are about 30 minutes in length, which is why they are called lightning talks. They're just short, quick talks that are back-to-back. Our second lightning talk occurs right after that, and there'll probably be about a 10-minute break between the two. And it will be run by Jessie, who's a teacher for the visually impaired in the United States. She is going to talk about NVDA in K-12 education, and the benefits and issues that are experienced by kids trying to use it at school and how we can better serve kids trying to use NVDA in education and convince more people to use NVDA in education. In some cases, you guys, NVDA is a child's first screen reader. Is is that not true these days? I think uh, there's a lack of data in that area, to be honest. I really there, don't know. I don't know if Jamie knows. Yeah, we certainly know of some cases, but yeah, that there is a lack of real data simply because one of the disadvantages of being a free product is that anyone can get it, which is great. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily tell you that they got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah. it can be very difficult to correct demographic information, which is, mm. which is unfortunate. I certainly know of some examples where kids have picked up NVDA as their first option. And indeed, it makes a lot of sense because from, you know, from a screen reader point of view, they might not be able to afford another option, and there will certainly be times in their life where they can't, and so it makes sense to have a consistent thing right from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yes, but we don't have solid solid data on that. Well, i got to commend you guys. I mean, because back in my day, <laughs> you know, we had DOS, and we had to buy screen readers for that, and synthesizers, and now basically you can just pick up your machine and get uh, a copy of NVDA. Oh, there's many ways to get it if you can't even use a screen reader. I mean, there's narrator now, and there is... Uh, you can just go grab yourself a copy right from there, or you can put it on a stick or, or whatever. There's so many ways if you have the technical know-how. And even if you don't, you can certainly have somebody help you and, and get a screen reading option in minutes. Mm-hmm. Our third lightning talk for the lightning talks day will be presented by me, Derek Reamer, and Lucy Greco from the University of Berkeley. And we are presenting on Dictation Bridge a year later. So Dictation Bridge is a free and open source dictation solution, which, well, not dictation solution, but bridge between the various screen readers and dictation products such as Windows Speech Recognition and Dragon, which allows you to speak to your computer and get feedback that the text was actually inserted. So I might, for example, say, hello, this is a sentence, and it would repeat that back as the characters were entered. And then it supports the correction menus and such. And we're going to be talking about our upcoming release and how it will support NVDA and how you can use Dictation Bridge with NVDA currently. Yeah, that sounds exciting. We've had Lucy on our podcast before, so um, I'm sure our listeners are well aware of what that company is about. Yeah, and actually it's an open source crowdfunded project. Mm-hmm. So it's, yep. this is another part of... If you want something done, 
and you are able to, it is possible and it has been very successful in the past to crowdfund technology for the blind. So after all of the lightning talks, our next session is an introduction to Windows 10 and how to use various parts of Windows 10, including modern apps, presented by Joseph Lee. So he's going to give you the rundown on how to use various apps in Windows 10 with NVDA. And this is a full link session. Excellent. Um, any idea what types of apps he's going to be looking at or just Modern apps in general? Apps. So things like the new alarms app in Windows 10, the weather app, um, maybe Microsoft Edge, um, Cortana possibly, stuff like that. It's just uh -huh. going to be a grab bag. I'm not actually sure what his plan is yet. But basically talking about, you know, the new kind of Windows 10 style mm -hmm. apps, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. And including, I would think, how to, you know, get these apps, because I think a lot of people, their first introduction to ever getting a Windows app, quote unquote, was downloading the KNFB Reader app. And, and that was, <laughs> uh, I know it was certainly the first time I actually downloaded anything. And, I actually uh, that yet. Okay. So the... Day three of NVDA-Con is the keynote and the clothing forum. So the keynote will be presented by NVAccess, and it will be a talk from Jamie and Mick and possibly others. I think I'll about... be doing most of the talking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the plan so far. Okay. And that will be about NVDA in general and their plans for the next year and... I'm not actually sure what they're going to talk about. Yeah, am I allowed to point out that we're not sure yet either, but I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> nice. See, that's a teaser right there. Everybody yep. has to tune in now just to see because, even, you know. Even we, we even we don't know yet. So it'll, it'll, be a little, <laughs> um, it'll be a little surprise for everyone, including me. No, no, I will have written it more than truly by then. <laughs> and we're already producing music for the beginning of the keynote. Andre Louis from Britain oh, has a... Wow. Very nice collection of music that he allows people to use freely. We're going to use some of that. He has already said thanks and please use it. That's wonderful. So we're going to be using some of his music along with other stuff to make a countdown and introduction to the keynote as we did last year. Wow. Great. Awesome. After the keynote, we have the closing forum, which will be just a place for people to talk to the developers if they're still around and to each other about whatever. It's just another session for people to give testimonials, reflect on NVDA-Con, and just talk about NVDA in general. Oh, sounds good. Now, you know the question that I'm going to ask. So what is coming up with NVDA in the next release? Anything exciting? Do we Let get any scoops here? <laughs> Well, I could be I could be um, tongue in cheek here and say you're going to have to come to NVDA Con to find out, but I won't. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, you will so have to come for... to NVDA Con to figure out what's going on with NV Access next year. <laughs> so, in terms of 2017.2, so we've just entered the what we call the translation freeze, which basically means from this point, uh, well, no new features will land. Only really critical bug fixes happen from here on, so that translators have a time to do their thing. 
the things worth mentioning are well, the things worth noting. There's there's also a lot of other things that happen in the release, as as you know from seeing NVDA change looks in the past. But the highlights are that audio ducking is now back to being fully supported in the Windows 10 creators update. Oh, we good, had some good. Yay. tricky issues with we had to work through with Microsoft on that. Um, they made some some late changes and we made some late changes and they didn't line up properly. To cut a long story short, it's now been rectified on both sides. Fixes for several selection issues in browse mode. So some people might be aware that uh, I uh, made a little mistake and as a result, if you weren't anywhere other than this, if you were somewhere other than the start of the document, so you were halfway through or a few characters from the end or something like that, Pressing Control A wouldn't select all; it would just select bits, and so <laughs> that's now been fixed. There are a few other issues that got fixed as well. Significant improvements in Microsoft Edge support. So, among other things, performance has, has been massively improved. It's still yet uh, not at the level that Firefox and Chrome are, but it's getting there, and we're working with Microsoft on improving that even further. And just some some other improvements on the web such as uh, support for ARIA current, which in non-tech speak is a way that authors can say, this is the current page, or this is the current date in a calendar, or this is the, you know, the, the current step in a, in a set of steps. So it provides a way for people to indicate that. So a classic example of this would be, you know, on those navigation bars at the top of the screen, and visually you can see which is the current, you know, which page you're currently on. But historically, that's been difficult to see with the screen room. So now there's a way to indicate that. They can say current page to indicate that's the page you're on. Hmm. Oh, great. So that's some of the stuff coming in ARIA 1.1. Well, that is in ARIA 1.1. And also nice. MVA 2017.2. And we'll be supporting more of ARIA 1.1 throughout the year. Great. Now, MVDA works really well with Windows 10, obviously. And what can, can I ask, is there a specific player that works the best with NVDA these days, like Groove or the old Winamp standard or VLC? or uh, and Do you support any one player the best of, out of all of them? I've been asked that quite a bit as well. Um, don't know. But, yeah, it's funny. I don't have a good answer to that question. We certainly don't actively choose to support you know one over the other. So, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. where I can say we support, at this stage, we support Microsoft Office better yep. than we do LibreOffice for various different reasons both technical and just in terms of usage. We don't necessarily go out to support one player more than another. I personally use FUBAR 2000, but... <laughs> um, okay, okay, that's the one uh, I forgot, thanks. <laughs> yeah, but, but I know that people have used, are still using Winamp. VLC is a little bit tricky. Um, I, I know that there are some areas of VLC that are problematic, largely due to the fact that there are some issues that exist in QT, which is the UI framework they're using. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, we certainly don't, don't go out of way to support one specific player, and so I can't give you a definite answer to that question. Okay, that's fine. Sure. Thanks. I'm going to take a moment to interject that my audio player is just Audacity, which is pretty funny. <laughs> well, we are still using Winamp in this house, so... <laughs> I do use iTunes sometimes, too. Um, cause I I'm use sorry, Apple you broke so. up just a little bit there on, on my end. But it, <laughs> oh, I, I do use iTunes sometimes, too, because I use Apple Music, so I have no choice. I'm um, sorry, you broke up there again. I what? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's... <laughs> Randy's a huge <laughs> iTunes fan. I, I, yeah, iTunes. Um, I, I do have to use iTunes as well because I use Apple Music. And, and uh, yeah, let's just say I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan, but it, but it does. <laughs> yes, I know. Same here. I, I use it too. 
So about the mm-hmm. tutorials, I have the one working with Microsoft Word, which I found incredibly useful, and I keep going back to that one all the time. To um, clarify, are these the NV Access tutorials? Yes, these are the NV okay. Access tutorials. Yes, these are the, the actual publications. Um, it, the first one was base, the basics of NVDA, and then the one for yes. MS mm-hmm. Word. Um, will any more the of those be coming so out? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, and every time we, I look at that, there's something I called, didn't know. <laughs> well, we called it basics, but then we ended up covering some pretty advanced stuff like configuration profiles. Oh, yeah. It's been suggested that we rename that to NVDA Essentials, and I, I tend to agree. But we need yes. to that. The logistics of renaming a book. So actually in development as we speak is the Microsoft Excel. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I coming. use Excel every day, so I'm excited. And we may have announcements to make about that at NVDAcon, so that's another reason for you to to attend. Just you know, shameless plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so um, that's next. And then we probably will give the modules that there are a few other things, a few other priorities we have internally. Um, and so we probably won't be producing another module for a little while. We may produce a PowerPoint module at some point, but we certainly won't be beginning work on that immediately after the Excel module. But the next module would probably be PowerPoint when we get to that. Obviously, on top of that, we've also got the NVIDIA certification, which is currently available for the basic module. Oh, wow. And can you tell people a little bit about the certification? So to cut a long story short, and I'll, I'll cover more of this in the keynote at the conference, but to cut a long story short, essentially it's a way that you can certify that you are, we call it NVDA certified experts, so that you, you can certify your knowledge in the use of NVDA. And that can be useful if you want to train other users. But aside from that, it can be useful just to prove to an employer or to some agency that you are proficient in the use of a screen reader. And that can be really important in, you know, in a competitive world. It can also, because you can train other users, it could also open up up jobs for you. You know, if you wanted to start training NVIDIA users, you know, there are people that will pay to be trained face-to-face or, you know, by voice rather than having to, to read a book. They, they want that hands-on approach. So that's another possibility as well. Uh, and so it's essentially it's an exam you can take. The exam is free, but if you want to actually get the certificate, you need to purchase that certificate. Great. Probably the most important thing everybody wants to know is how exactly does one participate in NVDAcon? So on our website, which is nvdacon.org, so that's N-V-D-A-C-O-N period O-R-G, there is information about how to join us. To make a long story short, I don't want to go into too much detail because I'm sure people would rather read it as well. I can give details here too. You can get a program called TeamTalk and then you connect to the nvdacon.org server. You will end up at nvdacon2017 once you do that. And there are various rooms. You can set up your talk key which is just a key you press and talk to other users. There's a text chat, so you can type in the text chat if you don't want to talk. And along with that, you can join us on May 19th for NVDAcon using the TeamTalk program. If you're not able to get to NVDAcon on those dates, you are also welcome to grab our archives from the website. Great. Oh, wonderful. So that's also the place that will be archived. Yeah, it's also worth noting, but because I know that Derek did a fair amount of work on this but hasn't mentioned it yet, that the NVDA Con website will actually provide times in your local 
Tomzen. So whatever you it actually works Tom's now. <laughs> it does. Great. Um, so um, it just avoids a lot of confusion because yes. um, mm-hmm. time zones are tricky. Let's yeah. face it. So and even go those of us that have gotten good at it get it wrong sometimes. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was planning dinner with a friend earlier and I gave him the time for dinner in UTC. <laughs> so used to converting now. Nice. That'll be at 4 a.m. UTC. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, if you go to nvdacon.org and you see conference times, they will be in your time zone. And I'm sorry if it's in the middle of the night for anyone. Uh, we had to accommodate all time zones at some point or another. Uh, word, sure. word to the wise, trying to schedule something so that it suits Australia, Europe, and the U.S. is pretty much impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now, can people follow NVDACon on social media? We have a Twitter account, which is just at NVDACon. We have an announcements list whose URL is far too long to actually type, so I should go put that up on the website. Um, but if you go to our website page, there's a contact page, and on the homepage, there's a timeline of our Twitter feed. You can get the Twitter name from there, and soon there will be a subscribe link to get onto our announcements list. Great. Great. Besides that, there's not many other ways you need to follow NVDACon. If you follow at NV Access on Twitter. They retweet a lot of our stuff. Not all of it, but I would hope they didn't retweet everything because that would mean there'd be no point for our account. (laughs) (laughs) So if you follow NV Access already, you'll get info about NVDACon. Oh, great. Good, good. I remember last year um, following that particular link, so the NVDACon link, so... Looking forward to... Uh, you have a much to... easier URL this year, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> absolutely. And looking forward to seeing what uh, others are going to be tweeting about NVDACon, so that's always fun. Do we have an official hashtag yet? <laughs> I don't know if you actually thought about that. <laughs> uh, we don't, but I can make NVDACon2017 our official hashtag. Hash NVDACon17, maybe, skip shorter? Keep it shorter? Yes, NVDACon17 works. If NVDA is still around in 100 years, we're going to regret this. <laughs> well, by that time, the hashtag won't matter anymore. <laughs> Twitter will probably be dead by then. <laughs> we could only hope. <laughs> Fantastic. I want to thank all of you for being with me, for being on Main Menu. James and Derek, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having thank us. You. Hi there. Main menu listeners. This is your friendly Amazon Echo speaking. I have created quite a stir with new versions of me and new features that make using me even more convenient. Randy and Jason, affectionate little carbon-based life forms they are, just can't stop going on and on about what I can now do. Here they are to tell you more. Give them a hand. Yay! In the 1960s, Hanna-Barbera discussed telecommunications. We heard about it in the cartoon series, The Jetsons. Let's hear a little clip. Mother, I was just going to call you. You were? Well, what did George do now, the big bully? Oh, nothing really, Mother. It's just that housework gets me down. Well, it's really none of my business, dear. So I'll give you some advice. Get a maid. Hello, listeners. Well, here we are in 2017. We're speaking to you Thursday, May 
11th. We want to talk about something that's really neat. I mean, everybody in the United States, and sorry about the people in the UK and other parts of the world, but it's coming. It is. And what we're talking about, uh, oh, first of all, uh, let uh, me introduce Jason Castingray. Oh, yes. Hello. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking about the Amazon Echo products. They have just introduced a really cool feature set. Yep. We've been playing with it for the past, well, it's only been a couple of days. Day before yesterday, we downloaded the app. In its infancy on the Echo type devices, but boy, is it cool. Let's let's talk about it. All right. The one thing that totally jumps out for me is you don't have to touch anything or you just talk and you can get your communication done. Yeah, I was uh, standing at the kitchen counter uh, doing dishes and I never had to even turn my head or even think about it. It's that easy. Yep. And I have gotten, even in the past 24 hours, I've gotten so spoiled at communicating. I don't even want to use um, an app that I have to push buttons on or open a text or open anything. Uh, we we just like to talk and get our, our work done and uh, go on from there. It's just wonderful. And I can't wait for you guys and the other parts of the world, uh, rather than the United States, to get this. I think a lot of people will be enjoying it with us because each day I see more and more people on my uh, contacts list. That's because you have friends. Well, um, I have maybe uh, just you. <laughs> no, seriously, um, the the list as you can look at the communications tab in the newly designed Alexa app. It's a lot easier to run the app. Should we give them a little demonstration of the app before we launch into? This, uh, this is called a teaser, and we can just uh, sure. go, go on from here, and then uh, we can uh, show them the feature set. Yep. And that's the okay. thing. Um, it, the app was updated, and we were just expecting these new features. We didn't expect a redesign of the app, so that's a double surprise. Yeah, and I've been uh, touting the app because uh, it has a couple, and I literally mean a couple, of, of uh, focus issues. Just a couple now, where there used to be an abundance of them, and now you can get around in there and get your get your work done. Uh, and most, uh, I would say maybe uh, two or three focus issues, maybe in the communications tab as well. Are you finding that, Jason? Uh, I haven't found it so much. I'm not sure if it you know depends on the model of phone you have and all that kind of stuff. But I found it to work uh, quite. Splendidly. I'm not having any problems. Yeah, I've just noticed it in the texting format where it, it brings me to the uh, menu tab and I have to touch the center of the screen to get into the uh, various text uh, windows or the button to push for voice texting. Oh, uh, voice okay. chatting. That's that's my issue. Okay. Menu button. Now we're just going to do this right, right off the cuff here. I'm not going to go into the app itself because that takes way, way too long. But at the bottom of the screen, there are tabs now, and I'm just going to show them to you real quick. Home. Selected. Communications. Now playing. Now playing. That's it. Selected. Home. Mobile. Forward. Audio call. Button. Text message. Button. Back. Button. Anyway, so well, let me let me go. Let me start this from the beginning here. Okay. Home. Okay. So we have home. Selected. Communications. Now playing. That's basically it at the bottom. Yeah, got the three tabs. Is that what you're finding? Yes. And... 
Remember how in the previous version of the app, there was that menu button in uh, the upper left, I think it was called navigation menu, and mm -hmm. the focus was really strange on that for me anyway. It would bounce around and sometimes it was hit or miss when I would uh, double tap it. Well, now the app overall looks much more like a native iOS app rather than sort of a web interface with a bunch of links. So you have that button in the upper left, but now it actually says menu button and it works perfectly. Let's talk about the feature set. And there are a few of them. And we don't want to confuse people by saying, uh, and it says right right in the feature set itself, they say make phone calls. Well, first of all, let me just tell you that's not quite true. Uh, we're talking VOIP and we're talking Wi-Fi. So it's not actually a Yes. A uh, phone call, per se. And it, it is also within the Amazon ecosystem. You can call or um, message from one Echo to another or from the Android or iOS app to an Echo and vice versa. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's talk about the set. First sure. thing that uh, we uh, can talk about uh, is uh, via IP calling or Wi-Fi calling, as Jason was saying, and that is uh, Echo to Echo. Echo to dot, app to app. In other words, if you both have the app, you can... I think you can call app to app. If, for example, uh, if you called me from your app, I could answer on my app. Is that oh, cool. You... Yeah, that would work. I guess it would, yeah. So, uh, well, uh, just like you can probably tell, we are uh, learning that and finding uh, things that we just didn't know that were around. Something I read somewhere said that you don't even have to have an Echo. If you just have the app, you can do all of this stuff. Now, I don't have a way of testing that because I already have Echo devices like you, so I don't know exactly how that would work. That's exactly correct. I, I don't either. Uh, all, the, all the people that are on my contact lists that show up in the application have devices. Yes, if any of you don't have an Echo but wish to see what happens when you download the free Amazon Alexa app, um, we'd be very curious. Mm -hmm. And see how, how it is to communicate. I think Amazon has really come into its own here because they have a brilliant marketing strategy. And if you want to just communicate from app to app and that's free, wouldn't you like to get your news or your music or other uh, things like read a book and all things uh, that you can discover uh, within the ecosystem of Amazon? Well, sure you would. And that's what they're hoping that you'll do if play with the app, really like communicating things and saying, well, let's, let's get one of these devices. Yes, indeed. That's, that's what I think anyway. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the features uh, on how they work. And then let's just do some demonstrations. Um, sure. First of all, the choices you have, you can send voice messages, you can make calls, you can send text messages, but that can only be done via the app. So you can send a text message to someone else and they can hear it on their Echo or the app, but you cannot send a text message from an Echo device. It only will accept a voice message. Yeah, and I found that kind of strange because when I first started testing out, I was going... Hello, Jason, comma, how are you doing, question mark. And he was hearing my voice say that. Yes. But yet on his phone, if he were to look at the text coming through, it's perfect transcription. It's actually a text coming through the phone and not my voice. 
Yes. And I'm not sure. I mean, it's nice that it has a transcription, but I haven't found a way to hear the voice message on the phone. I just hear it when I ask for it on the Echo. I'm not going to use the name because it will set everyone's Echo off, but... Uh, hey, lady. Yeah. I'll say, lady, call Randy. I don't even have to use the last name. Or I can say, lady, send a message to Randy. And I'm guided through that. If you receive a call, you can say, lady, answer. Or when you're finished, you tell her to hang up. It's very simple to operate. And by the way, before I forget, the whole process of Amazon having your contacts is through the app. So you're, um, when you set up the app to allow these services, you will be asked if it is okay to send your contacts to Amazon so that they can connect you with all your friends who also have accounts set up. Yeah, and if you choose not to do it, then you can't get in on all these nice features. Jason is going to actually send me a text message, and you'll hear the text coming through. And then uh, I'll send Jason a voice message, and then we'll try a little VOIP calling. Yep. All right, now we're just waiting for a text message to come through from Jason, and you can hear the dot read it alexa jason casting way hey there randy here comes your message i hope you had a wonderful dinner i'm feeling pretty hungry okay what you just heard was my iphone and that's the text coming through but if my iphone was not where i could hear it if it was in my pocket or somewhere else i could just simply say alexa read message one for Randy Rusnak, from Jason Kastonge. Hey there, Randy. Here comes your message. I hope you had a wonderful dinner. I'm feeling pretty hungry. Receive just now. Now I'm going to send him a voice message, and he can record my voice coming through. Jason, I'm going to send you a uh, message now, a voice uh, message, and okay. uh, then you can I record that. Kind of so okay, yep. I gotcha. Okay, I'm going to mute my mic here. Alexa, send Jason a message. What's the message? I had a really good dinner, and I hope you did too. What have you been doing with yourself today? Sending to Jason Kastonge from Randy Rusnak. Alexa, get my message. No new message from Randy Rusnak. No. Okay. I had a really good dinner, and I hope you did too. What have you been doing with yourself today? Receive just now. And it's as simple as that. Now, if I wanted to respond via voice, I would simply do what Randy just did. I'm going to walk out in the kitchen, and then I will go uh, get on the Echo. Do you want me to initiate the call, or do you... Or do you want? Oh, uh, sure, I can call you. All right, I will. Uh, I will go into the kitchen and get on the echo. Okay. All right, I'm standing by the Alexa, echo. Alexa, call from Jason Castingway's home. It's Jason Castingway's home. Alexa, call it's from Jason Castingway's home. Alexa, home. Alexa, answer. Alexa, call from Jason Castingway's home. Hey. Hey, and here we are. And here we are. So you're hearing Jason now through the Echo. 
Yes, through my dot. <laughs> wow, this is cool stuff. It is pretty neat. I'm I'm thrilled that we. I'm just thrilled that they thought to do all this. Yeah, and it's all for free, which is amazing. Well, Sound yeah, quality's good, and you have to admit it's good marketing strategy, right? Absolutely. Now, what they're going to have to do is come up with "Do Not Disturb," because I can picture people getting crazy and sending you messages at three in the morning. I wonder what. I wonder if they will, because right now you're just kind of open to it, you know. Yes. I'm sure there'll be some settings that relate to. Um, you know, do not disturb or some kind of uh, don't allow calls during this time. Or, or so something. right now you're on your dot. Is that right? Yes. It's just amazing audio. It just really is. Yeah, I agree. All right, why don't you go ahead and hang up the call and I will get back to you over on Skype. All right, Alexa, hang up. I think that covers it pretty well. We did both voice and text message, and we did the Wi-Fi calling. We would like to talk, uh, if we were only able to, about the two devices that are coming out. We don't know really much about them yet. They're coming out with a new device. Uh, Amazon's coming out with a uh, an Amazon look and an Amazon show. Yes. And the Echo look we mentioned briefly a while back, it's got a screen and a camera, but I don't know what it looks like other than that, the shape of it or anything. And I don't know if it will have all of the same features. It seems like it's geared towards fashion and keeping track of different outfits through a book of some kind, like a, a virtual digital booklet that holds all your pictures so you can flip back and forth and you can somehow network with fashion experts so that you can find out, hey, am I trending today? Am I hip? Where do they come up with these ideas? Uh, this just seems real uh, interesting. And oddly enough, a lot of the totally blind community, and I'm not saying that you guys don't go out and want to be good looking in public. I'm just saying a lot of the people that I know that are totally blind, who are totally blind, uh, don't seem to have as much of interest as they do in the device called the show. Have you got any opinions on that? I find mostly, yes, that there aren't many who care. I have a interest in it. I'm thinking, oh, if it can do this sort of automated stuff, because it's supposed to be able to take the picture and automatically blur the background so that things that don't need to be seen are not seen. So I'm thinking, how could that serve us in a different way? But other than that, no, not so interested. So given the choice between the look and the show, would you, would you, give a, would you get them both or would you uh, get the show? I mean, would you spend $400 or 225 The show is different because, yeah, it's got the camera and the screen, but it's geared to presenting things on that screen and it is a touch screen too so that's kind of interesting to me it's a seven inch touch screen a five megapixel camera and i think i would find that more interesting because of that dolby sound it's got speaker setup that's way different dolby digital sound and right now it appears from what we know so far is that it works with youtube now they're not going to release it until sometime in October, I hear. And in its infancy, it is streaming YouTube, but 
we don't know any more than that. We don't know what other things that it will stream other than YouTube, and I'm sure they're working on more things. But what I find it uh, interesting is that the show streams YouTube, which is <laughs> which is a Google product. Mm, that is interesting. And uh, as we know, the Google Home already does YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I kind of find it interesting that that platform is open. What do you think? Well, remember, too, Amazon has the Amazon video service. I wonder if they're planning to... I realize you're probably not going to watch a movie on there, but I wonder if there will be ways in which they'll integrate that service. Why wouldn't we watch a movie on there? I'm, I'm just curious because I watch my movies on my iPhone. I mean, well, you know yeah, I mean? we can. We certainly can. But I'm not. I was thinking in terms of a sighted person. They want to watch well, a movie on a big about screen. The public? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be all interesting, and we're going to keep up to date with everything. Uh, and we'll let you know as it unfolds. And uh, if you guys hear anything, too, just uh, drop us a, a tweet or send us a message. Yes. Um, one other thing that happened, and you pointed it out earlier, is that we had an Amazon Alexa app update today. Yes, we did. And I didn't notice anything particularly different, except you pointed out it's got the hint now when you're looking at your messages. It will say double tap to listen or something like that, right? It all sounds really good, <laughs> but we can't get it to work. Yes, we can. So, voiceover uh, reads the message in the transcription, but we cannot oh, yeah. hear the actual audio clip of the person. So now that still maybe working something on that. that we just haven't figured out, or uh, maybe they don't have it working yet. But the thing that gets me about these updates, they they tell you things that you already know within an update, like oh bug fixes, or else they'll say like uh, connect with friends and family on the um, on the new. Uh, newly designed app, mm -hmm. and then and we already know that, but we want to know why they updated. You know what I mean? Yes. So you really have to pick through the options and seeing if there's anything different. So we're really learning right along with you guys, and um, but we've spent quite a bit of time. You know, we don't do housework or you know anything like that. We just spend time <laughs> with our devices. <laughs> <laughs> and we hear in the background, "Aren't you done yet?" <laughs> <laughs> Yes. There's one little tip that I thought listeners might enjoy. And what would that be? Well, if you talk to the Echo and say, good morning, it will give you a brief, I'm not even sure what you'd call it, uh, something to think about for the day. Um, sometimes it's a poem, a limerick, or a little tidbit of information. And it's kind of cute. So I've taken to the habit of saying that each morning to see what she has to say today. And... Also, you can say, what's up? And when you used to say that, it would refer you to your news briefing or your flash briefing, I think they call it. Mm -hmm. And yep. that's, that's fine, but that's not always what I wanted. And I, I decided, okay, I'm not going to say that anymore because if I want my flash briefing, I'll just ask for it. So I hadn't thought of it for a while. And then recently, I think I heard through Debbie, actually, you can say, what's up? And similar to good morning, it includes your time, temperature, and whether you have messages waiting as well as the little tidbit. So oh, I didn't know that. It's pretty neat. And you heard that from Debbie Hazelton with the Cooking with the Hazelnut Show and and all the rest of the things that she does. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh -uh. So uh, that's those are handy little things to know, I think. Me too. 
So that concludes this portion. I hope that you have enjoyed the segment because we really enjoy bringing it to you. We love telling about new technology and tidbits and anything that we can do to help others increase their knowledge of devices, software, and anything that we think is worth mentioning. Main Menu is a program brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs on ACB Radio Mainstream every Friday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern and repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen on any internet-connected device by going to acbradio.org mainstream, grab it as a podcast, use ACB link for iOS, or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. Do any of you, our listeners, have ideas for product or software review or demonstrations? Feel free to be in touch. You can email us at mainmenu at acbradio.org or reach out to us on Twitter at mainmenu. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next time.